0: Topics today, and we're going to be talking about a, li- a little bit about sex. We're going to be talking about a little bit about stripping. We're going to be talking a little bit about pornography. We'll be talking about a little bit about suicide. We're going to be covering all the gamuts here: abandonment, uh, foster, all the things. But this story today is about a man who God never let him go. See, today. We think about things in our lives And we almost wonder Can we really live Beyond our challenges Because that's what the DeafBlind Potter is all about It's about living beyond your challenges Because as a DeafBlind person You know I struggle I struggle just to keep moving forward Being deaf and blind But here I'm doing a radio show for you To continue to encourage you To live beyond your challenges So I'm not going to hold you any farther back from today's guest, and I want to introduce you to Kevin Kerchen. Kevin, welcome to the Flying Potter Show.
1: Hey, how you doing?
0: I'm doing good, man. So yeah. we're gonna Been dive into it before we get to the commercial here. So uh, tell us about your childhood. Like, what was your childhood like? Because I think this is a really key part to your story and what led you onto the path that you ended up getting into?
1: Yeah, so uh, in childhood, for the most part in the beginning, uh, seemed fairly normal. Um, you know, I had uh, my mom and my dad, um, and uh, I did have, you know, what do you call them, half brothers and sisters from, uh, my dad who was married once before, my mom was married once before, but we never saw each other, it was kind of like I was the only child um I was raised uh I like I said, I guess it was pretty normal from what I thought at the time, but when I look back on it, it was a lot of uh crazy uh racial anger, temper, um adultery. I mean so many things that were going on that i was that I thought it was how a, a life was supposed to be, how a man was supposed to be, how you know, dad was supposed to, I I just, you know, my dad was everything to me. So I learned everything from him. Um, and then, so basically fast forward, I was 12 years old. Um, and my dad had gone in for his second open heart surgery and, um, uh, he didn't make it through the surgery. So I remember I was at home that day and, uh, you know, my, my, my mom had come to me and said, hey, you know, your your dad isn't coming home today. And I didn't know, I didn't understand, I'm 12, I don't have no idea what that means. And, uh, you know, I found out that he had died on the table. Mm. And uh, that's where everything shifted gears. Um, that's where the life, the normal life, I guess, of a child shifted gears into a crazy life of abandonment and drugs and sex and everything else. So, as as you're going through this, as you're
0: finding yourself in this situation, your mom ends up dating a guy from your dad's work, and tell us a little bit about that story in your life.
1: So, once my, when my dad died, you know, uh, my mom obviously I think she took some time off I'm not sure it seemed like she was out there dating fairly quickly but uh, she was dating different guys and she would go out on different dates and everything and so this one particular guy she was dating happened to work with my dad he knew my dad and um, so going backwards my dad was a he was a navy golden glove boxer and he was this bar fighter and so he he taught me how to fight at a young age and he said you know you never lose a fight or start a fight you know we would go to the garage if somebody upset somebody you know it was like i wasn't we weren't like father son we were more like i don't know before he died we were like buddy buddy where he was teaching me you know respect and fighting going out the garage and all this so fast forward this guy um, is coming around and he's, you know, they're going out drinking and they're coming home drunk. And, and, uh, so this one particular day he has said to me that, you know, your, your dad was no good. Mm. And, uh, he said, he goes, I knew your dad, your dad was no good. And, uh, my mom, I remember she was in the living room and she just, just sat there and didn't say anything. Well, like I said, my dad taught me to take people to the garage or take them outside if i had a problem (laughs) so i'm now i'm 14 i'm 14 years old at this time and uh, my dad had been gone about a year and a half and um so i called him outside and he was like you know huh and so i called him outside went out the front yard and i said i didn't like what you said he goes what are you going to do hit me and i said yes i hit punched him right in the face i knocked his glasses (laughs) off (laughs) <laughs> and uh, cut his eye with his glasses. And uh, he looked at my mom, who was, uh, you know, trying to make sure that the neighbors weren't watching. Um, and um, he said, you know, this, this kid's crazy. It's either him or me. And um, I remember at that moment, uh, he left. He said, call me when you figure it out. And he left. And uh, she brought me into the house. And she called the police. And the police said, "You know, uh, we can't bring him in because, uh, you know, unless that guy files a, um, a report against him," he said. "But uh, if you want to get, if you want him to come in, you know, have to file him as an incorrigible runaway and leave him here." And so, my mom drove me to the police station, filed me as an incorrigible runaway, signed the papers, and left me at the police station, and I was in uh, jail. So, at this point
0: in your life, you're. In a situation where your mom now is abandoned you, your dad is not here. Everything around you is starting to crumble on you, and then you end up getting your finding yourself in the foster system, and nobody really was willing to take you in. But you end up finding yourself at a church. So tell us a little bit yeah. about that
1: story. So, so uh, you know, when I was in that jail cell, there was a lot that went on there. You know, we had some other people that came in there, and we ended up busting out of that. <laughs> they ended up busting out of that jail. And Back then, you got to realize this was a while ago. There was no bars on there. It was just a window. And um, so we got out of there. So and- stay
0: tuned because when we come back. We're gonna finish this story because you're gonna see how this really transformed Chris, transformed Kevin's life and how he overcomes all the negative situations. Stay tuned. We'll see you on the other side.
5: And trembles at his
7: voice Trembles at his voice
8: How crazy
0: My name is Kelvin Crosby, also known at the Deaf Blind Potter, and you're here at the Deaf Blind Potter Show, and I'm interviewing a guy named Kevin Kirchen. And if you don't know him, and if you do know him fairly well, shame on you, because you were looking at naughty, naughty things, or you were at some clubs that you shouldn't be at. So, <laughs> but we're gonna continue his story. And we're going to continue where, he, we, where we left off. So he's breaking out of jail after his mom had literally made him a runaway. And he finding himself in a situation where how is he going to keep support himself? I mean, he's only – how old are you at this point?
1: I'm uh, 14, maybe coming in 15. I'm not sure about right, – it was right there 14, 15, and we had – so, basically, we we got out of jail, um, and then I don't remember if I got arrested again or how it happened, but I ended up being, uh, heading out towards my brother's place, and he was out, uh, he was out in uh, South Central, so he's out by Hopcorn Torrance, out that way, Gardena, and um, so I'm kind of couch surfing my way out there, and, uh, you know, get a ride here, get a ride there, talk to some people, whatever, and so I'm out that way now, and I remember, I get out there and i call my brother to uh see if i could stay with him and uh he had said well let me ask my wife and he asked his wife and his wife said well i don't know if we have any room for him right now so my brother said no you can't stay here so now i got i you know my dad's gone my mom's put me in a police station my brother tells me no i got nothing going on um and so at this church um i met this family well they came up to me they actually came up to my brother and they said hey you know he, does he have a place to live and my brother told him the story and they said well we can bring him in for a week and see how it works out if it works out you know he can stay with us so they asked me and I was like sure I'll I'll do that um, and then of course that week turned into them saying hey you know you want to stay with us and I did and that week turned into um, almost well, about two years um, I think I was about 17 when I when they had me leave because I was the next piece of the puzzle was so I lived with them for two years but during that two years I accepted Christ so during those two years I was with this um, uh, you know it was a spirit filled church and um, so I had received my prayer language I got my prayer language uh, I was in Bible studies they would always we were it was like old school where you went to church Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday Bible study and you had all this like you were always at church mm-hmm. and and uh, so I was going to teen camps. I was a teen leader. Everything was great. And then, about when I was about 17, the church was going sideways, and they had uh, the uh, church felt it better that I was not in that house because, you know, I wasn't a part of their family. Mm. And and uh, so at that time, the family said, you know, I think you probably should go. And uh, we had a discussion about it. And, it didn't turn out to be a good discussion, but I left. So now I'm back on the streets at 17. So you're at 17 years old.
0: You're at the point yeah. in your life, and you've been abandoned by your mother. Your brother didn't, and his wife didn't take you in. Your father passed, and the church of, now the church the church yeah, has abandoned and church. you. Yep. And what 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 are you supposed to do with this? See, have you ever been in a situation in your life? Where everybody in around you is saying how you're not worth being here. So you're not worth being there. Have you ever been in that situation? I mean I I I mean, nothing like what we're hearing right now, I mean I've had a little bit of that experience. But it's not a good place to be. And what we're about ready to hear is the next part of Kevin's story. See, this is where everything went from God had a hold, but to when Kevin decided to let go of that God hold. So, Kevin, why don't you tell us about the story of you going to San Diego State University? I am ashamed. I am an alum of San Diego State University. So um, it, it, it is shameful story, that I, so, that this story you know, is, is stuck in my mind, but at the same time,
1: this is part of your journey. It's, yeah, it's the part that, yeah, I mean, it kind of made the whole thing. So uh, me and a few buddies from, now I'm still in high school, remember, I'm 17. I'm still in high school, but we had some other buddies that were attending San Diego State at the time, and um, so they had this big party down there at San Diego State, and they invited us, and uh, I remember what we were eating those little chicken, uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken I had these little burgers at the time, but we went down to San Diego State and uh, for this party, and um, so by the time we get to the party, you know, there's every kind of drug that's already out on the table, and, and people are, you know, you figure, they're like 19, 20, 22, 23, they're, they're older, you know, and we're coming in this place, and you know, my buddies knew everybody, but I didn't. And, uh, so all the drugs are going around. Every kind of drug you could think of is going around and beers and everything else. And, uh, you know, so, um, Hey, you want to do some of this? Want to do some of that? Sure. So next thing you know, we're smoking weed There's beauties going around. There's cocaine going around. There's alcohol going around. There's mushrooms going around Everything's going flying through this place. And, uh, so I'm, I'm like, you know, I feel a little bit of a buzz going on. And I'm like, you know, let me go into this room. So I go into this room, this so other bedroom, and um, a girl followed me in that bedroom. And, um, you know, she was like, you know, wanting to do something. And I'm 17. I don't even know what she wants to do, you know. <laughs> and and, and uh, I'm like, you know, I'm a little buzz. I'm like, what am I doing? And, you know, she's older. And, and, and make a long story short, she ends up just leaving. She's like, okay. And she just leaves the room well at that point it hit me that she left the room too so as you were talking to earlier so you know my my mom abandons me um um, the 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 church leaves me my father dies i don't want god anymore because the church left me and now this girl she leaves me so i'm like uh, perfect timing so you got to realize i had my i was already in church i'd accepted the lord as my lord and savior i was i was speaking in the spirit i was praying i was doing all these things and um so what happens is uh, the room kind of gets shifts a little bit, and um, I get meet the devil right there face to face. So the wall actually, I'm sitting on the bed and I'm like crying upset, and the wall melts open. Literally, it was I was probably from the bed to the wall maybe like two three feet, and the wall melts open. It completely melts open, and I see the devil face to face. And his neck stretches from the wall, the neck of the this devil. He stretches, and his face comes right next to my face. And he says, you know, F God. He uses the word, by the way. We won't do it on the show. But he says, <laughs> well, we're on radio, so yeah, me saying right. no type of word. <laughs> he, says, he says, F God, F the church, F your family, F them all. What do you want? Now you got to realize at this point I'm I'm thinking am I high or what? And I wasn't. I was completely sober at this point. At this time I'm completely like coherent and sober. And I'm like, oh my God! And I knew this was the devil. And I saw the. I was very aware of what was going on at this time. And in my moment, I'm like, okay, this is the devil. What do you want? He can give me anything I want. And God has abandoned me. And God hasn't been doing anything for me. And I'm like, you know what? Let's just go with women, money, and power. And there was this wicked laugh. <laughs> oh, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. That's what you want. You got it. And the wall was like in a movie. It goes. And it just went completely back to the wall. Normal. And I'm like, and I was, I was sitting like, oh my gosh, I think I just met the devil. I think, did I just make a deal? I mean, what just happened? And. So when I leave the room, I come out of the room kind of in this fog. I'm in this completely dazed fog like, what just happened? And the next thing you know, they start partying again. Well, I start partying with them, and now nothing's getting, now nothing's getting me high. I'm just doing all this stuff and barely getting even a buzz. And I end up waking up in the morning um, with a massive hangover. And um, so now we're getting ready to drive home. And as we're driving home, you know, all the guys are going to talk about who did what, you know, did, who got with this girl, who did that, you know, how it goes, all mm-hmm. that kind of talk. And um, so I say, I believe I made a deal with the devil. And one of my buddies is driving. He says, what did you do to sell your soul? And I was like, man, I, I think I did. And from that moment on, I was kind of like, wow, like, what did I do? And that's where it comes into the next phases of my life where I'm, uh, so now fast forward, I'm a senior, high school and now I'm starting to get these girls they're come, they're attracted to me, they're coming up to me, they're talking to me, they want to go out, they want to go to parties, all these things that I wasn't getting before, I wasn't, you know, I was a goofball and all of a sudden I'm getting all the, you know, the hot chicks in high school you know, and all this stuff and um, so I went over to this one girl's house You my girlfriend at the time, went over to her house and she had this Chippendales calendar on her wall and it was, uh, she rubbed the calendar and she goes, these guys are the most gorgeous guys in the world. And I would do anything to F one of these guys. And I was like, huh? And she was like, you know, all these guys are great. And so I said, okay. So later on that day, I say, all right, double. If I made to deal with you, let's see what you got. Make me a Chippendales dancer. And um, that's what starts the whole new piece of the puzzle. So so at this point
0: in your that, life, you're sold your life to the devil. Because the, the well, here's, here's the
1: amazing thing. Here's the amazing thing about that. When you think about that for a second, I've already been possessed by Christ. See, I was already bought. So when I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior, I was purchased for a price and yeah. a ransom. So I couldn't sell my soul to the devil. All I could do was acknowledge him and want to follow him rather than follow Christ. Mm-hmm. See, I can't be possessed twice. I can only be possessed once. If I have your car, Kelvin, you don't have it. Yeah, I can't have it, and you can have it. No, see, people seem to think that Christians can be possessed. No, they can't. You've are, you're a Christian. You've been bought for a price. Now, you can be influenced, and you can make decisions and choices to follow something that you're not supposed to So I just wanted to step into that real quick and and break that into the the game there.
0: Well, so at this point, the devil has the control of your life. Correct. And he's making, you have awesome sick pack, factorials and awesome guns and everything that a
1: Chippendale dancer should look like. And well, that's the whole thing. If I was a goofball, I didn't have any of this. I started working out, and my body transformed. Literally, if I was just show you pictures when I was like. I don't know if 14, I want to see 14, it. I'm already 14. blind. I don't need to be worse. Well, no. I mean, you can't, <laughs> but I could just tell you how I changed. My whole body morphed. My face morphed. Yeah. My body morphed. Everything. And I wasn't working out very hard. My whole, everything changed. Yeah, so go ahead. That was, but yeah, my whole body changed, and. Next thing you know, I'm doing these hot body contests in these these clubs. Like there was the Red Onion. Back in the day, there was things called the Red Onion and the Annabelle's and all these clubs that you could go to. And they had women doing the the bikini nights and the guys doing the hot body shows. Wednesday night, Sunday night, this whole thing would go off. And um, I started watching these, these, these dancers do these things. And at the time, there was this lady. She was about 40 years old. I'm coming into the bar with a phony ID. I have a phony ID. I'm 20 phony ID, and um, so now she becomes my girlfriend. She wants to start going out on my plans. So she teaches me how to dance. She buys me these different clothes. She's showing me how to do this stuff. And one day, after about I don't know how many shots, and some, she introduced me to beauties again, black beauties. She says, you know, I want you to do this contest, and I'm just high enough to do this contest. And um, so when I do the contest, these there's probably eight guys. Well, two of the guys, one guy was huge he was like a Mr. California and the other guy was whatever he was a great dancer in big two and so I'm thinking there's no way I'm going to even place in this thing well I end up getting third place in this contest and um, when we're backstage afterwards uh, the guy that got first place, he comes to me and he says, Hey, have you ever thought about working at Chippendale's? And I'm like, Huh? Like, out of the blue, Calvin, like, you got to realize, I just summoned the devil to do this chip Chipp- I never knew about Chippendale's until I saw the calendar. And I had no, there was no way. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, I'm getting this guy to ask me if I've ever thought about being at Chippendale's.
0: Yep. Yeah. So and stay like, tuned because what we're going to get to is the journey of what the Chippendale life looks like for Kevin but there is a whole nother part of this story and just stay tuned because I tell you it's going to be powerful so see you on the other side
8: This Christmas, experience the magic of Rocky Mountain Freeze-Dry. Our artisan freeze-dried ice cream, crafted by our local Colorado company, brings a unique twist. Ice cream that doesn't melt. From classic vanilla to exciting cookie dough, our crunchy treats melt into velvety smooth joy. And for a nostalgic twist, try our puffed-up candies, perfect for gifts and stocking stuffers. Visit RockyMountainFreezeDry.com and unwrap the extraordinary. Ho, ho, ho.
9: Every day, unborn children lose their lives to abortion. Their moms and dads face a death culture that do not support them and insist their unborn children are worth sacrificing. You can provide support and make a difference in their lives by donating on Colorado Gives Day. Schedule a payment for December 5th at lifechoices.org or call 303-651-2050. That's lifechoices.org or call 303-651-2050. Thank you for your help.
0: This is KHNC1360 on the AM dial. My name is Kelvin Crosby, also known as the DeafBlind Potter. And this is the DeafBlind Potter Show. And today I'm interviewing a pretty incredible man that has an incredible story how God has used him in today in today's world but use him to deal with some of the stuff that he's had to face and we're right in the middle of his story and if you want to hear all of his story you got to go to perseverancepodcast.com to hear the whole story but if you want to hear the whole radio show and all the things related to today's show you got to go to com and while you're there, if you want to get some Deaf Line Potter merch, you can get the No Negative and Degree Kelvin shirt, or you can get the Deaf Potter shirt, also the Living Beyond the Label shirt. I even got the C. McCain shirt there, too. So, all there, you can get all your Christmas shopping done literally at one place and support the Deaf Potter show and helping me continue to live beyond my challenges. So, I'm not going to keep you from this story any more longer. So we're going to dive right into Kevin now Is Getting ready to become A Chippendale Dancer So Kevin Take it away from here
1: Yeah so uh, I think at this I'm still 20 years old um, And uh, So the the, the guy had asked me You know If I thought about being a Chippendale dancer I was like well yeah I guess I could I don't know but Why not So he gave me the number to this lady that does all the hiring and uh he should give her a call and and let her know that you talked to me so i did the next day i called her and let her know that i talked to him and she said oh okay well can you come down for a uh, interview and i was like you know wow okay you know so i went down that day for an interview you know so you gotta you know get all ready figure out what you're going to do and so you know we get down there right on overland and venice overland and venice right there on the corner there well a little bit down from the corner of Overland and Venice. That's where the club was. And across the street was this little shack. And then that, that was where they did all the hiring. And um, so I went in there and I'm talking to for a few minutes. She wants to see my ID. I show her my ID. Now, this is a phony ID. you got to realize it looked phony. But I was like, I oh, hope she doesn't know it's phony, you know. <laughs> and uh, so so she let it go. She That flew by. And uh, she told me to take off my shirt. And I took off my shirt. And, uh, and then she says, well, you know, you look kind of young. And I'm like, you know, because I was 20, I probably look like I was 15. I mean, yeah. and uh, she goes, you, you look kind of young, but we can figure out something. How about we make you the um, senior quarterback for the high school team, moonlighting at Chippendales to make some extra money for his family. And we'll give you two nights to try. We're going to try you out for two nights but you have to get a then applause meter, and you had to be over an eight on the applause meter. So you had between eight and ten is where you had to be on the applause meter. If you didn't make it, you were out, mm. and uh, you had to be you had to average that every week. Otherwise, it didn't matter how long you were there, you were out. So I get in there the first night, and uh, you know I'm sitting at every table. I go, okay, I got to get sit at every table. So I basically I sat at every table and talked to everybody around all the, now this was like a, the club probably had, had probably held 400 and it was a stadium seating. So I went to every, every booth and every table and every, every place and just said, Hey man, can you applaud for me? Can you applaud for me? <laughs> you know, I, I had really no idea what was going on. Um, and, uh, so that night I, I got good applause. And then the, the next night I went back again and, and that was the night that the owner was there, uh, Steve Banerjee, which is a whole another story. <laughs> um, he, he, he was there that night, and uh, uh, and uh, this lady was like, well, the owner's here. You better be good. You better hopefully you can be good. And I was really nervous, and so I went out, and I got my applause. And as I'm coming back off the thing, this two women will run up to me, and they say, oh, my gosh, you're, you're the best-looking thing ever. Can I take a picture with you? And she gives me a kiss, and she pulls out her, one of her body parts for me to sign right in front of the owner. <laughs> and he looked, at me and he, he looked at me, and he goes, he's hired. I like him. He's hired. And uh, that's the end. That's the story, man. And and that was a ten-year run of. Uh, I was a so at this 10 point years.
0: in your life, you're you're living the life. I mean, it's every man that's not a believer' dream.
1: Have women yeah, I didn't even you? Know it. Yeah, and when I was yeah, I was all over the I was all over the world. I was in every state. I was every every major city. I was in. Um, Africa, New Zealand. I was there wasn't really any place I wasn't except for Asia. Um, but I was everywhere else. So and I was in every calendar, yeah, talk shows, T V shows. But yeah, I performed for I think it was about a little over a million women. And
0: in this time you're you're always high. You're always looking for that next that ninth that hit on drugs.
6: Yeah. yeah and I was
1: my last, I would say if I was there 10 years, probably nine and a half, nine of those 10 years was off the chain high. I was doing eight balls every night. I was getting my steroids from the racetrack, Hollywood Park, and out there in LA. I was, uh, I was doing whiskey and cocaine every single night. I was high as a kite every night. I would sleep it off. I would I would party through fevers—hundred, two hundred, three fevers—and I was. If I if if I, I was, there's was times I had to collapse, and I would be sleep all day if we were had a day off. I would sleep all day, all night to get up for the next run. But I rarely did. I think maybe did maybe a handful of shows sober, and that was only because I was too tired to find anything. You know what I'm saying? But. um I did over. We were doing about forty shows a week. We were doing about forty, or I'm sorry, forty weeks, forty five weeks out of the year. Mm. We were we were on tour on buses or on planes flying around doing that. So that was a ten year span. I was I finished my my career there. Uh, I guess you'd call the career in England. Uh, we were in uh, the Strand Theater, London, England, and uh, I had just made the 1993 Chivendor's Calendar. The hot uh, calendar the regular calendar i was on the cover i was on every piece of that calendar and um, at that point i knew i was done i was over I, I couldn't do it anymore i was tired and i was burnt out it was no more fun and i remember the night that i what finished my act and i bowed and i just took a bow and i said i was done and i called the owner and i said listen man, i can't do this anymore i'm gonna have to quit and so I'm thinking I'm going to quit Chippendales and, and move into this, you know, some kind of... I had some stuff in Hollywood, like, you know, some people wanted me to do some different TV shows, and and I had done some stuff in England, and so I'm thinking i to be an actor. and I'm going to do some stuff and figure out some kind of a great life, and everything's going to be great. And um, so I get back to L.A., and the so, next thing you know... Go ahead. So at this
0: point, you've done 10 years at Chippendales, always high... Always had a woman every night always had everything you needed to continue to run this life
1: yeah.
0: and it's almost like a frying, a frog in a frying pan like it, it, like when I think about this like you were at you're the frog in the pan, and you were starting to feel the heat of the pan and yeah. you're like I'm gonna try to jump. I'm going to try to jump. Yeah,
1: because it was, it was, there was no more, there was no more, I mean, it wasn't fun. It was like, it was, it wasn't fun. It was more of a, uh, how do you want to say it? Like a, something I had to do. Now it wasn't like, you know, this is going to be great. It was more like I had to get high, I had to drink, and I had to find a woman. It was just what I had to do. And if I didn't get any of that done, I was miserable. I was yeah. completely, I, I couldn't even be out in public unless I was, you know what I mean? So I was really one of those people that, you know, I, you, if you saw me, I was high. If you didn't see me, I was because I couldn't find any drugs or I was recovering from the night before. Mm. And I always had to have a woman, and, uh, and that's how it was. So I get back into L.A. I have a couple opportunities to do some some acting things, and it's the same schmoozy. You know, L.A.'s schmoozy, schmoozy, you know. What can you do for me? How are you doing all this phony stuff to try to get something? Everybody tries to want something from somebody, and it's just, just this thing. I didn't want to do it. So I ended up going to one club And we're in Beverly Hills And and one of the old guys That I used to work with He was there And uh, we're sitting there And we're having a couple drinks And he says Hey you know He goes "Uh, I know you like to party I know you like to drink Everybody knows that He goes But I can get you into something Where you can drink and party And make make a thousand dollars a day
0: So stay tuned we're going to see What ends up happening Right when this happens So stay tuned And we'll see you on the other side
8: I promise, keep light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are here, touching every heart.
6: I worship you. I
10: worship you.
0: My name is Kelvin Crosby, also known as the DeafBlind Potter. And you're on KHNC 1360 on the AM dial. And this is also the DeafBlind Potter show. Just got to get all the details in there for you. And I got an amazing guest. We're going to gonna use this last segment right here. We've got one more after this. But... I want to use this last segment for him to nail his story. So I'm going to kind of let him take the rest of this, and then on the other side we'll talk about where you can get his book, where you can hear the rest of his story on the Define Potter show and all of that. So, Kevin, so you are having a meeting at a bar with a guy, and he's about ready to tell you, hey, you like to party, you like to do drugs, you like to drink, and you like women. So I got a deal for you. So tell us that story.
1: Yeah. So he had basically, that's what he said. He goes, you know, he goes, you can, he goes, um, it would be great for you because, you know, you can uh, have different women every day. He goes, they pay you good. You get about, you know, back, it was like a thousand bucks. Maybe you get like between 800 and a thousand dollars. Um, for, he said, for a, a scene, I'm like, what do you mean a scene? And he said, well, it's porn adult movies. And I'm like, huh? And he said, yeah, I'm like, I don't know if I could do that. And he goes, well, think about it. He goes, cause you can do as much drug as you want, as much drinking as you want. You can have sex and do all these things you want to do. And he goes, you get paid cash at the end of the day. And he goes, if you do two or three of those things, you can get 800 times three or a thousand times three in a day. And I'm like, oh man. So, you know, I go home and I, I party and think about it, which is a great combination of partying and thinking. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, so I come up with the idea, like, well, I guess I'll try it. But, you know, what's going to happen if I do it? I mean, I don't know. You know, because this is a whole, this is a career, a life. This is everything. So I ended up calling the guy the next day, the, the agent. He gave me a number, too he had me come down to the place as soon as i walked in you know he he already knew cuz the other guy had called him so he knew i was in next chimneydale he knew everything about it. when i walked in he was like oh my gosh oh my gosh you're going to make a lot of money this is this is great you know we we got to have you in this thing and i ended up so uh that day i ended up doing a photo shoot that day and i'm like wow like okay and as soon as i did the photo shoot i realized all right i've just kind of changed my life because this is going to go into a hustler magazine or, you know, one of these magazines that back in the day that's what it was, you know, a Penthouse or one of those, and I'm like, oh no, you know, what did I just do? Well, so that day because that night he calls me because we have got to figure out a name for you because I have you a scene for the next day, and uh, the, the first day was a scene, but it wasn't like a scene scene, and it was so basically, uh, we come up with this name, and. uh, which was Colt Steele's the name that I used. Um, we came up with his name, and uh, the next thing you know, I'm shooting the scene that day. And as I'm shooting this scene, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like, I just, what did I just do to my life? Now I'm a porn star. Like, literally, uh, people can see this on TV. I mean, I, what did I just do? Right? And so I had this whole, this whole, like, mounds of emotions from. A little bit of excitement, but most of it was like, oh, my gosh, what did I do? And, uh, and then I had to suck it up and say, okay, devil. So I called on him again. I said, all right, devil, listen. Make me the best porn star. Make me the best. Let's do this thing. If we're going to do it, let's go. And I remember it always summons the devil. And uh, so, long story short, I was in the porn for um, uh, probably 10, another 10 um and I, I was the, the drugs got a lot to be a lot more. I mean, I've seen a lot of crazy things on those sites. You know, you got phony HIV tests, you got phony STD tests. You got, you know, women that are picking up in the airports and bus stops that want to come to Hollywood to be, you know, these these models, and they end up doing porn. You know, and it's so you know, I went through this whole crazy stuff. Now my drugs are going more. Alcohol is going more, steroids are going more. I'm staying up nights now. I'm like I'm finding this stuff called ice and glass that's keeping up for three or four days, and and I'm completely just now. The reputation gets around the industry that you know, like Kevin's. You know, he does a lot of dope. So now I'm, you know, I'm still getting work, but my work's a little bit sporadic because I'm not showing up as much because, you know, and I, I'm so out of it that so I'm getting paid. Figure this out. I'm getting paid for sex. I'm getting yeah. paid to do sex and then after that i'm going out and paying for sex i mean that crazy because i did you, you have a girlfriend uh, when you're in the business so here's how this girlfriend thing works so your girlfriend's in the business you're in the business and they, hey honey how'd your day go well i had you know i didn't know i had sex with these three guys what'd you do today well i had sex with this one girl i mean come on man it's crazy and that's the kind of stuff so i didn't want to have any relationships with yeah. you know i although i did have a couple but anyway so that was another um lot of years of doing that and I was completely out of my mind so it comes down to this one day I'm done I don't want to live anymore I I, my life is completely gone and I remember I was out in this field and uh, I had a gun in my hand time and loaded ready to roll and I had all intentions of pulling the trigger I had all intentions of ending my life because Mm -hmm. there was nothing left and um, so what I did was I uh, I said okay let's do this I pulled the hammer back and, uh, right when I'm ready to pull it, Kevin, I like squeeze on the trigger. Kevin, I-, I love you. I
0: want you here. I want yes. you here.
1: That's what, that's what he, that's what I heard. That's what I heard. And I looked around the field and there was nothing there. I was in a field, man. There was nothing there. And I knew it was God. I knew it was God. And, uh, I pulled the gun back and I just sat there for a second. I cried. and I'm like, all right, you know, and, uh, i didn't do it, obviously, but even at that, I still kept doing what I was doing until finally I just stopped and um you know because I went through a lot even when I didn't pull the trigger, I was still depressed, I was still homicidal, I was still suicidal, I was still crazy in my brain, and I didn't know what to do I didn't know what to do, and I'm trying to get back to this God thing, and I know that God's there, and I know the enemy's there, and I'm in this battle back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I couldn't do enough dope. I couldn't do enough women. I couldn't do – there was nothing. It was just empty, this empty, hollow thing that, Mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of men would think, oh, this is a great life. But on the outside, it may look like it. But on the inside, it it wasn't.
0: Yeah. So at um, this point in your life, you find yourself
1: in front of a computer. Yeah. So – now, you got to understand where I came from, Chippendale, all these things. I am not going to go on a computer, and computers are just coming again. I, I'm not going to go look for a yeah. dating site. Well, so stay tuned
0: because when we come back on the other side, we're going to see how God transformed his life. And we're going to tell you all about Kevin's ministry and how God using him today. So stay tuned. We'll see you on the other side.
8: This Christmas, experience the magic of Rocky Mountain Freeze-Dry. Our artisan freeze-dried ice cream, crafted by our local Colorado company, brings a unique twist. Ice cream that doesn't melt. From classic vanilla to exciting cookie dough, our crunchy treats melt into velvety smooth joy. And for a nostalgic twist, try our puffed-up candies, perfect for gifts and stocking stuffers. Visit RockyMountainFreezeDry.com and unwrap the extraordinary. Ho, ho, ho.
9: Every day, unborn children lose their lives to abortion. Their moms and dads face a death culture that do not support them and insist their unborn children are worth sacrificing. You can provide support and make a difference in their lives by donating on Colorado Gives Day. Schedule a payment for December 5th at lifechoices.org or call 303-651-2050. That's lifechoices.org or call 303-651-2050. Thank you for your help. I want to see
0: got quite the story going on and Kevin has heard God's voice saying I love you I don't want you to do this He so he takes away the gun and puts it down and now he's in front of a computer and he's typing into a computer on a dating app and he says I'm looking for a a woman that will take me to church so Kevin,
1: take it away. So that piece of the puzzle is kind of, uh, I don't know. It's just you know, God moves in mysterious ways, I guess. So um, I'm I'm looking on this this uh, this site, and I see this one picture, and it was a big. The picture was bigger than any other picture, and it said Christian on the bottom, and I just really wanted to get back to church because. I was done, and uh, I figured, well, maybe, maybe God, maybe God, and um, so I uh, I um, contact this girl, this woman, and uh, the first thing I say to her is, "Hey, can you take me to church?" Which is kind of crazy on a dating app, but uh, she said yes. So we're going to fast forward, and and uh, we we went to church, and then she would start giving me these scriptures, and she would give me these these affirmation books and she would give me these prayer books and she'd pray with me and read the word with me and read the word with me and pray with me and she was always showing me God and giving me CDs and all this stuff just constantly that's all that was in my you know and I was battling the drugs and I was listening to God and this whole thing back and forth back and forth like crazy next thing you know it was less drugs and it was more God and less drugs and more God and you know she stuck through the whole thing and I'm like why haven't you left yet and she was like well God told me to stay and uh so she stayed, and, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're now married. We've been married for 12 years. Um, but uh, so my uh, basically to shift gears, um, there was a, you know, I did regular work, and finally I get this five understanding of what my purpose is and my purpose in calling his ministry to help others mm-hmm. who have gone through the sex, drugs, rock and roll, abandonment, lost, that, you know, homicidal, suicidal, that the world thinks that they're, you know, uh, doesn't want them or abandon them or they're no good and mm-hmm. you know all these different things and so I started doing this ministry and and talking to people and and reading the word and, and and mentoring them and and that was just how things started and and next thing you know here I am now and and uh you know right now as we speak I'm an ordained minister I'm a, I'm a certified Christian counselor I just just recently got accepted to one of the police stations as a chaplain um, so I'd be able to go on these calls with this kind of stuff. Um, yeah. But the Lord totally switched me from this story of nothing. But see, I didn't give up. That was the one thing, man. And I'm sure with yours, the story is the same thing. I didn't give up. I said, no, man, I'm not going to. It was bad and it was rough. But, you know, if anybody's out there listening, I can tell you that just don't give up. Keep getting up. Keep getting up. Call somebody. Get Keep getting up because, you know, the devil's a liar. Mm. He's a liar. And yeah. the fact is that the Lord was right there for me and my my life has completely changed and so I've been in the ministry for what, ten years now? Yeah. Um and and the people that I talked to that knew me before, they're like, I still I, I mentor people that I used to work with. Yeah. And, and and you know, the the crazy thing is a lot of my friends are dead, fifty of them are dead from over overdoses or suicides yeah. and, and um but I'm able to speak to people about Christ. And um the truth, not the fluff. Yep. The truth. So and, and
0: so Go ahead. Where can they find your ministry? So like where can they if they need your help to get out of this ministry, where can they find you?
1: So it's uh Kevin Kirchin. It's so on Facebook, it's Kevin okay. Kirchin Ministries. So
0: yeah. that wraps up today's show. So all that information that I mean, we're running it short. So go to DeflinePotter dot com and I'll get you all the details you need. For to be a part of Kevin's ministry and even see what he's doing and his book. His book is incredible. So, see it all at the Deafline Potter Like I always say, go live, be on your challenges, and I'll see you next week.
6: You can hear the roar. The Roar of the Rockies. 13:60 a.m. KHNC. Johnstown.
7: Thank you.
10: absolutely no fees there is no attack on principle if you ever need your money back and your monthly statements will have no surprises if you're not sure if you can trust this economy this secure collateralized portfolio may be a good option for you just go to invest that's the word invest the letter dot com. or call them at 888-Y-REFI-24 that's 888-Y-REFI-24 tell them joe sent you I'm excited to announce
6: that we're bringing back our best offer ever on our original My Slippers. You save $90 a pair with your promo code KHNC. And now My Slippers come in even more sizes, smaller sizes, larger sizes, wide sizes, and all new styles and colors. Get them for your friends, your family, your neighbors, everyone you know. What makes My Slippers different is my exclusive four-layer design that you're not going to find in any other slippers. My slippers' patented layers make them ultra comfortable, extremely durable, and they help relieve stress on your feet. I'm so confident that you and everyone you know are going to love my slippers that I'm extending my 60 day money back guarantee until March 1st, 2024, making them the best Christmas gifts ever. So go to mypillow.com, use your promo code to save $90. K H N C. That's only $49.98 a pair. And it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit TeheboTeaClub.com. Tahibo is spelled T like Tom. A-H-E-E-B, like boy, O, then continue with the word T, and then the word club. The complete website is TehuboTeaClub.com, or call us at 818-610-8088, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-610.